of the sky. Look. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Matt Spectro through the multiverse. Thank you for joining us for another exciting episode of Matt Spectro Through the Multiverse. I'm your host, as always, Matt Spectro, lifetime comic fan, lifetime animation fan, lifetime superhero fan. This is the podcast exclusively talking animation through the world of comic books. Welcome, everyone, to episode 67. As always, I'm going to get into the rules. Rule number one, comic book animation. I've said it so many times at this point. I shouldn't have to repeat myself anymore. You know what we're talking about. Rule number two, big fan of the old team-up books, Marvel Team-Up. Brave and the Bold, DC Comics presents. So this is a team-up podcast every week, me and a special guest teaming up to talk comic books and animation. Rule number three, and most important, we got to have fun. Before we going to... Get into it all. I'm going to bring my guest out this week. He is the show's self-professed Iron Man expert, self-professed Conan expert, and he's also the self-professed expert on this week's subject. Welcome back to the multiverse, my pal Francis. Hi, thanks for having me back. Uh, always a pleasure. This is, uh, I don't know if you realize this, this is the first time in 2022 you've been on the show. It took so long. I have a right. I have a long list of people begging to get on the show. You know, I can only fit so many people in. Begging. As many things you profess to be an expert on, you profess to be an expert on this week's subject. And this week we are talking the spirit of vengeance, Ghost Rider. Yes, we are. You're another expert, uh, as as you say. <laughs> I'm an expert in many things, my friend. Pay attention. <laughs> you can learn something. All right, before we get into all the uh, animation and details, we're going to get into a little of the history of the character Ghost Rider. Now, originally there was an Old West character named Ghost Rider. I believe he dates all the way back to the 40s, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Probably the 40s or 50s, yeah. yeah. But then Marvel came around. The Ghost Rider we're talking about, the second version, the demon on a motorcycle, came around. First appearance... Marvel Spotlight number five back in 1972. Created by Roy Thomas, Gary Frederick, and Mike Plug, I believe is how you pronounce it. Yes. Now, we're going to first take you back to a very special, unique decade in comics, Marvel especially. I, I have a great fondness for it, but if you didn't know, something really weird was going on in Marvel in the 70s when everything was based on a current fad in pop culture. If you go back to the early late 60s, early 70s, black exploitation films were very big. So we got Luke Cage, Hero for Hire. Because of Bruce Lee, the Kung Fu martial arts movies became big. So we got Master of Kung Fu, Shang-Chi, Iron Fist. Later on, disco became a thing. So we got The Dazzler. And the one, the only, Evil Knievel was a phenomenon back in the 70s. So Marvel and their infinite wisdom decided they needed, I mean, they don't credit this, but come on, let's be honest. We know this has something to do with the inspiration. They needed a motorcycle riding superhero. So we got Ghost Rider. We certainly did. And thank God we did. <laughs> when I was a kid, I needed this badly. A, a demon on a motorcycle. Oh, yeah. Now, DC went through a little bit of the Influenced by the current fad, with obviously with like Richard Dragon, Kung Fu Fighter, and things like that, but nothing on the level of almost everything. You know, they produced a lot of great new characters in the 70s. Almost all of them were based on a current fad in pop culture. Now, there's a lot of uh, strange uh, and disputed history with the character of Ghost Rider. As uh, I had mentioned, uh, the, the three people, individuals created, and now, uh, the original Ghost Rider, Johnny Blaze, uh, Stan Lee takes credit for coming up with that that name, Johnny Blaze, the secret identity. Uh, why not? It's credit for everything else. <laughs> now, that one, I couldn't find anything that actually disputed that. By the way, there's been, I have to ask, uh, uh, we're going to get into it a little bit. There's been multiple Ghost Riders. There's been, obviously, the old 
West, Johnny Blaze, Danny Ketch, but uh, I'm a little out of the loop. How many Ghost Riders have there been since then? I did some research on this earlier because I've fallen away from it in recent years. Last time I read it, they did they were doing this foolish thing where there had been multiple Ghost Riders for the years, as you said, all the way back to ancient times, and they had a bunch of them show up. In one issue, it was like a woman on a flaming elephant and uh, all this nonsense, and they're like a well, the red bear and ghost fighter and stupid stuff like this. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite one was they had like a 1940s two-fisted detective guy with a kid sidekick who was also a ghost fighter named Knuckles O'Shaughnessy, <laughs> who talked like the thing like, like he's from the Yancey Street gang and was ready to fight everyone. It was the stupidest thing I've ever seen. That's pretty much where I stopped reading. <laughs> it's one of those things where if they run out of ideas, oh, there was another Ghost Rider. Here it is. I believe during the, the prehistoric Avengers, there's a Ghost Rider who rides a flaming woolly mammoth. Yes. To me, comics now suffer from, a little off subject, but they now suffer from the flaming Mo syndrome, as I like to call it, where... If you remember the episode of the Flaming Mo? It's like a, he invents this drink and it's a huge deal and everybody loves it. And then suddenly everybody has a Flaming Mo and then nobody gives a shit anymore. Every comic character now has 15 to 20 different versions of it where it's just so diluted where hardly anyone seems special anymore. Yes. That all comes back to the original character in the end anyway. Ghost Rider has suffered and almost always without fail with every character, they tend to go back to the original version. Anyway, even Wally West, where they went with him for like 20 years, still went back to Barry Allen. But that's that idiot Dan Didio and Tom King's fault. So we're not going to get much. And Well, Tom King really didn't. <laughs> much I don't like Tom King. He had nothing to do with Barry Allen coming back to life. <laughs> that was more Dan Didio. But um, so looking into it, um, now this is the story I read. You can confirm if you've heard or not. Roy Thomas was working on Daredevil. With uh, Gary Frederick, he had come up with a villain to appear called Stuntmaster, who was going to be a, a villain riding a motorcycle, which then Gary Frederick said he wanted to change and call him uh, Ghost Rider and explain some of the changes he had in mind, which Roy Thomas said that we can't make him a villain. This guy deserves his own book. And then, well, the rest was history there. Now, Roy Thomas says that him and Mike Plug designed the character. Roy Thomas's idea was the skull, and then Michael Plug decided to add flame to it. Now, Gary Frederick says all that is cocky pock, uh, cocky pock, <laughs> is poppycock, and that he came up with everything, including the flaming skull. Have you heard all this uh, back and forth? I have not. Yeah, so Gary Frederick had uh, claims that uh, he came up with all of it, that uh, the Flaming Skull, the design, everything about Ghost Rider, um, not necessarily the creation of the character itself, but all of the design. In fact, uh, he ended up filing a lawsuit against Marvel, I think in 2007, uh, where he said that he should get royalties for any film or merchandising rights on Ghost Rider, because the copyright was supposed to go back to him as the credited creator of the character. I remember that. He ended up losing, the, not only losing the case, but Marvel countersued him and was awarded a fee of $17,000. <laughs> it ended up going back to court where finally they had an amic, what's the word? Amicable? Uh, amicable? They had an amicable agreement where he didn't, I don't think, had to pay the full 17000 He could still sign like Ghost Rider merchandise and do original artwork, but he couldn't benefit financially from saying he created the character you must love that because you love when uh marvel and mcu sticks it to the creators uh, you've defended them left and right all the time uh no i defend joe simon's grandkids not getting the dime because they had nothing to do with it <laughs> so, but ghost rider series got his own series uh it lasted 82 issues i believe running from 1972 to 1983 is that that sound right yeah. to you that right. is correct and back when, uh, in the early 80s, when Marvel had their, I wouldn't call it an implosion, but where a lot of their 
70s stuff that had become popular all died. Around the same time, they canceled Shang-Chi, Power Man, Iron Fist, Dazzler. Ghost Rider was a casualty of this. Um, I think they'd already canceled She-Hulk and Ms. Marvel at that point. but And Defenders, they canceled that as well. So he ended up suffering. Um, do you think they should have left well enough alone and ended, wrapped it up with that one series? Probably, but the 90s series, when it started, had its charms for a while. And then it got real popular and just went off the page like everything else in the 90s. Everything in the 90s, to get, not to get off topic, but everything in the 90s for the first year was out or whatever was all really exciting and flashy and neat. And then whatever it was, they just put totally off the deep end with it. <laughs> you were there, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm aware how a lot of it went crazy. Uh, a lot of it is, uh, I think, stems from the X-Men especially and those image guys who just went off and went crazily over-designed, over-masculine, over <laughs> over-sexualized, and everything they got. It, well, it became a collector's uh, world again where uh, there was an explosion of collectors, so they, they tried to milk that to, for all it's worth. Oh, yes. Now, another uh, controversy arising Ghost Rider, which I brought up earlier in my Swamp Thing episode. There's a storyline, you may or may not remember this, Tony Isabella was the writer, where there was the mysterious, the friend, was this kind of hippie character that kept interacting with Ghost Rider. Right. And Tony Isabella said he, uh, his idea was he was going to reveal that he was Jesus Christ, that uh, he was going to help Johnny Blaze in his fight against Mephisto and the forces of hell. He says it even had editorial approval. Then came along Jim Shooter, <laughs> who was not editor-in-chief yet. He was the assistant editor, but he changed it at the last minute. He did page rewrites. He did artwork changed. Uh, according to Tony Isabella, at one point, he, before it went to the printers, Jim Shooter ripped it into pieces. <laughs> Where then, so then it was not Jesus Christ and ended up being a demon masquerading as this hippie guy who was, I guess, trying to what lure Ghost Rider into a false sense of security. In retrospect, this is probably for the best. Now, Jim Shooter later on, uh, Tony Isabella was pretty hot. He said it was the most wrong headed and arrogant moves he'd ever witnessed in the comic industry. Years later, Jim Shooter defended himself, saying it would, he thought it would alienate their readers to show that. Christianity was the one true religion in the Marvel Universe. Well, they're already playing with fire. As originally, it was actually Satan that he made a deal with to become, to get cursed for the Ghost Rider. They very quietly changed to Mephisto somewhere along the way. I think they finally realized that was a thing in the 70s. Not only did you have Ghost Rider, that uh, son of Satan, and uh, what was the, the sister there? Satana. Satana. You had all these comics in the 70s from Marvel where Satan or Satan's Spawn were the heroes, ate the heroes, whatever you want to call it. And then over time, they sort of realized maybe this is not the best thing to be selling to kids. Well, do you I think, think they want to distance themselves from that at that point? Do you think the it ended up sabotaging that story when they changed it last minute to the friend actually being a, a demon? Everyone turned out to be a demon or a something similar at that point in that series so it fit right in and uh finally what happened was uh he got johnny blaze and ghost rider got separated johnny blaze got married and had children the series ended everybody had a uh a happy ending seven years goes by and then they decide to relaunch Ghost Rider, with, we just talked up a little bit a few minutes ago, back in 1990, where Danny Ketch comes around as a new Ghost Rider, created by Howard Mackey and Javier Solteris, which turns out to be an immensely popular decision, where when that series came out, that was a hot seller. It was very hard. If you didn't get those issues when they came out, you were having a hard time tracking those uh, first five or six issues. Luckily, that was first in line for it. And at the beginning, it was fantastic. I um, remember getting issue one and two. And then for whatever reason, I hadn't been to the comic shop for a while. So before I knew it, five had come out. And I was tracking down three and four for like a month. The only problem with it, it was fantastic. I, when I say fantastic, it was, the presentation was fantastic. It looked great. It was exciting. 
the actual origin is as paper thin as anything that's ever been put to the page. <laughs> Back then, mantle swaps and whatnot, even though there was kind of a, a fad in the late 80s, weren't as prevalent as they are now. So do you have an issue with the fact that it wasn't Johnny Blaze? Yeah, a little bit. But then again, there was part of, there was a big mystery at the beginning about what was really going on. Because last we saw, really covered, but last, the original series, Johnny Blaze was merged with a demon named Zarathos. And at the end of that, Zarathos was caught with Centurius in this crystal, and they're fighting for supremacy forever. So no one had seen him in all this time, and there was no reason to think it was him. So the big mystery was, where did this Ghost Rider come from? And why didn't he, he didn't actually act like Ghost Rider in the first series, because by the end of the first series, Zarathos and Johnny Blaze were having a battle of the mind all the time because Zarathos wanted to just be completely evil and Johnny wanted to stop him. So this basically good guy Ghost Rider was really different. That was part of the appeal was this mystery of what is this and what is really going on. It wasn't a deal breaker that it wasn't Johnny because it, was, it felt like its own thing. Well, like you had said, uh, like most things in the early 90s, immensely popular. He had a long-selling series, part of the Midnight Suns. Um, lasted for quite a while. I think the series ended in 1998, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And then, then at that point, he kind of entered this area where it felt like they didn't know what to do with him. I know Devin Grayson had done a Ghost Rider story at one point. Garth Ennis, I believe. That might be more recently, where they've done other characters getting the Ghost Rider mantle. So it's been kind of a mess since then. And I know there's a current series where they just brought back Johnny Blaze, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. And of course they do the, it's not that it's, I didn't think it was badly written, but very familiar territory of the guy who suddenly is in this perfect world, but there's something in the back of his head that something about this isn't right. Yes. I've only read the first issue. I'm around here. I have the second issue. I'm ready yet. But it was very generic in that regard. It looked good. It could be good. I haven't got far enough to find out yet. And I also uh-huh. want to interject that before they started coming up with like the, the Ghost Rider with the car and the female Ghost Rider over the last few years, they had done a very short series where they brought Johnny Blaze back as Ghost Rider again in 2010-ish or whatever, where <laughs> it didn't even last, I don't know, very long at all. But they went nuts and they made Ghost Rider was like, the most powerful being in the universe, and he was fighting the Hulk to a standstill, and World War Hulk Hulk fights him to a standstill. He fought Doctor Strange to a standstill, and they were building up that he was going to like save the universe or something, and then they just sort of cancel it. So, <laughs> and then Johnny went back to being normal, and suddenly he popped up again in his series. And then in the late 2000s, he got kind of reemerged because we got Ghost Rider the movie. Starring the great Nicolas Cage. Yep, um, we sure did. <laughs> which I'll say this for that movie, uh, Ghost Rider himself is, every time he's on screen, is awesome. Just Fantastic. the villain's a little weak and the story's uh, not so good. They actually fumbled the origin, which is really the only two things you get you're right are the origin and Ghost Rider looks cool. And they fumbled the and then led to the sequel. I think it's Ghost Rider Spirit, Spirit of Vengeance, I believe, is the sequel, which I've never personally seen. I have also never seen it because the two guys that directed it are god-awful. <laughs> so, and I've never heard a good word about this movie ever. So I think I own it somewhere. I will watch it someday. I just haven't. Inexplicably, a uh, former guest, our friend Dave Walker, actually, I think, saw Ghost Rider 2 in the theater. Yes, he did. <laughs> and I've always... Uh, one of my favorite lines ever from the Big Bang Theory is when they wrote a, a contract and one of the stipulations was Sheldon could not make fun of Howard for his baffling opinion that the Ghost Rider movie is not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, before we're going to get into the cartoon, which is the subject uh, now, uh, and I want your take, uh, last couple of last year or so, the rumor mill's been ablaze, pardon the pun, with MCU bringing in the Ghost Rider with, I've heard, Norman Reedus, Keanu Reeves, and Ryan Goslin, all potential Johnny Blazes and Ghost Rider coming to the MCU. I had heard Norman Reedus. 
That's all I've heard about it. He did show up in one season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the Robbie Reyes version with the muscle car instead of the motorcycle. And it was actually really cool. So it can be done. And I haven't seen it yet, but I'm told there's an Easter egg to Ghost Rider and She-Hulk. There may be. I've only seen the one episode. Okay. Well, the second episode hasn't even come out yet, so. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) All right. So we're going to discuss, like we always do, animation. And we're going to be talking first, the appearance of Ghost Rider on the cartoon Hulk, Agents of Smash. Uh, Had you ever heard of this cartoon before we discussed what we were going to talk about today? Only because you reviewed the Christmas episode. Well, it uh, originally debuted on the Disney XD back in 2013, developed by uh, Henry Gilroy and uh, the great Paul Dini. I didn't know this until research. It stands for Supreme Military Agency of Superhumans. Makes sense. And again, this is the same. It's the to me the flaming Mo syndrome all over again. Part of the reason I don't really like this cartoon that much, not this particular episode, but in general, is it's. A Green Hulk, She-Hulk, Blue Hulk, Red Hulk, and Hulk Sun. <laughs> it's just a little ridiculous. It's a great illustration of the way they take a good concept and just sort of stretch it till it breaks. <laughs> so we're going to go back to the episode of Hulk Agents of Smash, Spirits of Vengeance. Original air date, June 14th, 2015. Written by a Todd Casey, directed by uh, Dan Fossett. Now, I didn't look it up, but this is one of the few appearances of Ghost Rider that I'm aware of in any of the uh, Marvel Studios or MCU cartoons. Uh, there might be some more. I haven't seen everything, but it's one of the few that I'm aware of. You know of any other appearances? Uh, I didn't even know about this one until you brought it up. <laughs> it's a problematic character to put in a kid's show. Characters like Punisher, Morbius, Wolverine, Ghost Rider, a lot of them really do present a problem when you try and put them in animation form. Especially when they're on fire to boot. Like, at least, like, they did the smart thing when they did the Doctor Strange movie. They made it, like, a direct-to-DVD, more adult theme. So, I mean, they didn't get gory or swearing, but, I mean, they, they could avoid a lot of the pitfalls that some of these kids' cartoons fall under. So, we're going to go over some of the cast. If you don't know, if you haven't seen it and you didn't, listen to my previous episode like i said it's hulk agents of smash it's bruce banner and the uh let me say it again the supreme military agency of superhumans where it's all just a bunch of hulks now hulk bruce banner obviously created by stan lee and jack kirby uh he's voiced by fred tata skiora who has been a prominent voice actor in fact he voices abomination also on this very very same cartoon and uh, he was also the voice of uh, Qui-Gon Jinn on The Clone Wars, which I'm sure a former guest Dave Walker has never seen because he cherry-picks Star Wars. I, you know, I, don't, I don't know if you know that. You know, the, They have to work hard for his fandom. He's no show. The great She-Hulk, created by Stan Lee and John Basama. She's voiced by Eliza Dushku, who she, you should know played Faith in uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She was in the first Wrong Turn movie. Arnold Schwarzenegger's daughter in True Lies. Buffy, my wife's favorite show. Really? Is that correct? <laughs> it's, great show. It's, a, it's a great show, actually. Thank God that reboot uh, shit the bed, because nobody wants to see that. A-Bomb, who is uh, also Rick Jones, created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. He's voiced by Seth Green. Everybody knows the creator of Robot Chicken. Scott Evil in the Austin Powers films, the voice of Howard the Duck in the MCU, as well as, uh, I believe he's Raphael or Leonardo in one of the newer Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle cartoons, as well as tons of other voice acting. Also in Scooby-Doo 2, Monsters Unleashed. (laughs) Red Hulk, who's also uh, General Thunderbolt Ross, which I brought up on that episode. I'm bringing it up to, there's a character that is just... Ever since they brought him back from the dead, has been terrible. Peter David killed him. It wasn't the best story when he killed him, but it was. Uh, it, it, they'd kind of done everything they needed to do with the character at that point. He stayed dead for like seven years, and then on a horrible, stupid-ass storyline, Peter David brought him back to life and done all sorts of dumb shit like making him a Hulk. <laughs> well, 
Well, the Red Hulk version was created by Jeff Loeb and Ed McGinnis. Clancy Brown does the voice. He, Clancy Brown, if you don't know, uh, he's the voice of Lex Luthor in the uh, Justice League and Superman animated series. The original voice of Mr. Krabs from SpongeBob SquarePants. The villain in the original Highlander. The prison guard, the head of the prisoners in uh, the Shawshank Redemption. I think he also One of our voice- finest actors. Yeah, did a voice in Invincible as well. I think he was in Pet Cemetery too. He was. And we also have Scar, who I believe is I don't know, I don't know his deal. He's like the son of Hulk or some from some yeah. futuristic Conan the Barbarian type world or something like that. Yeah, so Planet Hulk, he mated with whoever and ended up with his clown. Created by uh, Greg Pack and John Romita Jr. Uh, Benjamin Dinkins does the voice. He's done a lot of uh, anime, especially overdubbing. He was on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Abomination, we already said he did the voice, but Abomination was also created by Stanley and Gil Kane. And we have Ghost Rider. Oh, hold on. Let me, let me back that up a minute. <laughs> Earlier I said Fred uh, Tatuschiora, who did the voice of Hulk, did Abomination. I'm sorry. He actually does the voice of Ghost Rider on this as well as the Hulk. Abomination is a Robin Atkin Downis who is, I looked up, he has so many different uh, voiceover credits. He was in Batman Year One, All-Star Superman. He did voices for the Brave and the Bold, Clone Wars, Avengers, Earth Mightiest Heroes. He's done quite a lot of voice acting. So, again, Ghost Rider was voiced by Fred Tatsuschiora, not Abomination. Abomination, also the uh, the Hulk villain that cannot die, no matter what you do to this guy. <laughs> oh, in my lifetime reading this, they have killed him multiple times, dumped toxic waste on him, uh, shattered him to his ripped his molecules apart. Like you, he's like the absor- absorbing man. <laughs> like you cannot kill this guy. Like any good Marvel villain, and also uh, returning in the She Hulk uh, show as well, the Abomination. Bringing back Tim Roth, who hasn't been seen in the MCU in, I think, what, 14 years, I think, was when he showed up in the Hulk. <laughs> Ridiculous. There you have it. So, right now, we are going to watch Hulk, Agents of Smash, the episode, Spirit of Vengeance. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back. My name is Johnny Blaze. I'm the Ghost Rider. Sir. Save you, boy. And we will lift your curse. Damn. I felt good. Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance. XT's got a brand new family coming to town. Hulk's Smash! Yeah, not the milk and cookies type. Cake time! Oh, I've already got my Get hand on it. I touched it. I touched it. Meet Hulk. We're not monsters. We're family. Red Hulk. Never send a green Hulk to do a Red Hulk's work. She Hulk. What kind of lunkhead builds a ship with only one bathroom? Scar. Smash a smash! And Avon. Hulk's worse than my mom. Rick! Rick! Relax, bro. Ah, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> right here. Everyone's family is special and unique. This is way more fun than movies. But this one... Star attack! Loves... Come get some! Two... Now we're cooking smash! And family outings... Oh, yeah! ...will never be the same. <laughs> Family. Marvel's Hulk and the Agents of Smash premiere Sunday, August 11th on Disney XD. Injustice makes him boil. Evil makes him burn. And then Danny Ketch becomes the Ghost Rider. Flame Glow Ghost Rider, Blaze and Vengeance ride in the name of justice. Whip chains, hidden projectiles, and with flaming discs and a ghost fire gun, they destroy scum like Zarathos and Skinner. If evil makes you burn, ride with new flame glow, Ghost Rider, defender of the innocent. Cycles come with figures, other figures sold separately. Meanwhile, at the Podcast of Justice.
are back. And, uh, hopefully you uh, just watched Hulk, Agents of Smash, Spirit of Vengeance. Uh, before we get into this right now, I'm going to say... <laughs> Well, we're gonna. I'm gonna wait. We're gonna get into it later on. <laughs> we open up with a uh, scene in the desert with a big truck, where Hulk's trying to talk to a bomb, but uh, he insists on using their code names of Papa Green and Baby Blue. And right away, that's the tone for this show. <laughs> and he said they're in the desert, and uh, the path to Grandma's house is clean. So they're uh, they're they're. Convoying abomination to a secret military prison, which of course they're lost and they don't have GPS, but She-Hulk knows how to get there. Now I gotta say, Scar pretty looks like looks like a bigger Conan who if he was gray. Yes. Um A Bomb just looks like kind of the beast mixed with the thing. <laughs> and Red Hulk is just Hulk who's red. <laughs> and no mustache. General Thunderball Ross. Known for his mustache, and then his Red Hulk has no mustache. See, that was a huge oversight. Now, this opening scene perplexed me. Well, didn't perplex me so much as annoy me. One thing, why is Scar an idiot? <laughs> I don't know. I barely read anything with him in the comics, so I don't know if that's a direct translation of, uh, of the comics. Hulk wasn't even an idiot at the time. I mean, he was, <laughs> he's been smart for 30 years at this point. Also, I, I don't know if you've noticed this. But immediately bothered me. A bomb got that little spike on his chin. It never moves when he talks. <laughs> I, I did. It drew me in instantly. I couldn't not see it the rest of the damn episode. It drove me nuts. Uh, so they find out that they're actually in Lost and they're in Death Valley. A bomb has heard that the spirit of vengeance haunts this place. I don't remember that. Maybe I'm wrong. Is there some story where he's specifically tied to Death Valley? No, but he went around in the desert most of the time. I mean, yeah. in a very 70s biker sort of way. And then you kind of look behind them, and there you see Ghost Riders pursuing them on the motorcycle with the flames, which we go to credits. And it's definitely more the Danny Ketch design of uh, Ghost Rider. Yes. And I'm going to say this now before we get into it. Ghost Rider is <laughs> the whole cartoon should have been about Ghost Rider because he's really spoiler alert is the only redeemable thing on this whole damn cartoon. <laughs> yes, he was actually fantastic. It was like For he was the most in a, part. He, he was in the wrong cartoon. Yes, like he looks great. He's awesome. He kicks ass. They make great use of his powers. His voice is perfect. He doesn't resort to any uh, stupid jokes. Doesn't do any shtick. Which, yeah, that's, I, I shudder to think in the MCU what kind of a clown they're going to make a ghost right about. That's neither here nor there. Now, he says he's come for the abomination. They all seem to be on the impression that he's here to free the abomination from prison. Why is abomination in a military uniform in this, by the way? That's exactly what I wanted to know. I mean, I know in the MCU he was in the army, so he became the abomination. But at this point, in fact, he just showed up in... Uh, Shang-Chi, just looking like the abomination running around in his little underwear, if that. <laughs> what is going on here? But he's got clearly got the Russian accent, so it's not like it's the strict Tim Roth version of abomination. It's more like the, the retcon Russian agent version. It was very confusing. Well, I mean, Hulk and Red Hulk ride their little flying skateboards or whatever and try and take... <laughs> Why was that happening? What was that? Uh, there's a theme where there's a lot more technology and whatnot that the agents of smash have on this show. And they have like a big headquarters in New York where it's like a giant green fist on top of the roof. Jesus. <laughs> Ghost Rider takes them both out pretty easily. A bomb thinks that, uh, he, uh, wants the abomination soul or a bucket of water. <laughs> hey, uh, explain, to, explain to me why. They kept having to have the little office cutaway bits with A-Bomb where he's like having a little confessional joke. His, his shtick, he's like a, like a YouTuber or something like on the show. Like that came up on the Christmas episode as well. So I'm sure it's on every episode. Terrible. 
by the way, they've given Rick Jones powers like five times over the course of uh, comic books. It's like, geez, does anybody just remain a normal person? Rick Jones is the Jimmy Olsen of the Marvel Universe. So, but in a great scene where uh, Ghost Rider just rips the, the roof off and tosses She-Hulk right out of the car. He sets the truck on fire. Uh, he's really just destroying everybody at this point. He throws uh, Red Hulk into a, a big junkyard that's on the side of the desert. Pretty much just goes through the Agents of Smash like they're barely even there. Yeah. Let me remind you, this is five Hulks. And he kicks all their asses effortlessly. I like Ghost Rider and all, but come on. This is nuts. He tells uh, Abomination he has to atone for his sins, where Abomination immediately tries to heat transfer that it was all General Thunderbolts for Ross's fault. <laughs> he, he made him, which tells me they're going more for the, the, the movie version of his origin and less the, the old Tales to Astonish comic version. Yeah. Where he was just... He got curious and wanted to get power, so he turned on the Gamma Gun himself. That makes sense. Keep in line with the movies. At one point, uh, he actually catches the punch of Red Hulk. At one point, uh, he tells Abomination he must repent. And he says, uh, I repent for nothing. And then Ghost Rider says, then burr! (laughs) This giant, amazing blue flame light blasts him from the sky. Kind of similar to when the Ark of the Covenant raised the Lost Ark shot up into the air. <laughs> and uh, he actually strips Abomination of his powers. So he's just a normal guy again. Which is the worst punishment he could do that. He also tells Jim Ross, Jim Ross, <laughs> God damn, <laughs> he's broken in half. <laughs> he, tells, <laughs> he tells Thunderbolt Ross <laughs> that... Uh, <laughs> It's his warmongering and arrogance that uh, he needs to repent for. It's all that that led to the creation of not only the Abomination, but the Incredible Hulk. Ross said he's not going to, he ain't going to do it. He ain't going to repent. He didn't do anything wrong. And then, it's a little inexplicable, but a giant, flaming, demonic hot rod comes out of nowhere. (laughs) That Ghost Rider is driving. Now, a little baffling, but goddamn, was it amazing. <laughs> yes, it was. I, I was like, it. I, I didn't say, like, he was, if, the, the only thing that kept me watching this show was, it, we were doing an episode of the podcast and Ghost Rider himself, because he is, everything he does on this show is awesome. So he wraps his chain around Ross, and he's going to drag him to a place for the unrepented. And he just drives right away where She-Hulk goes after him on the flying surfboard. Uh, and then uh, Hulk makes a deal with the Junkman. If he trashes a bunch of his stuff, his cars and whatnot, help him out, he'll give him a car to ride. And a great scene where uh, Hulk like smashes it literally into a little cube he can fit into his hand. Seems unlikely. And you see the sign that said the Junkman store was out of business until he got more junk? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so then... Uh, Ghost Rider is still uh, dragging Ross around the desert, and he calls him that he's uh, he's driving like a blindfolded monkey. <laughs> they then at this point the movie turns into Mad Max Fury Road because the Hulks are chasing him on his giant ridiculous car that is straight out of a Mad Max movie. It's not even a car; it's got skis. It's like a giant like rocket-powered snowmobile or something in the desert. It made the, the least sense of anything I've ever seen in a cartoon, I think. Uh, they finally catch up with him. Scar tries to jump on him and cut him free of the change, which Ross says, oh, watch it, you sword-swinging caveman. <laughs> they, they pass a train, which Hulk makes the observation that it's a drone train, that nobody is riding it. <laughs> I guess just so they can get around that, you know, no casualties that they have to explain to little kids. Ghost Rider does some fancy dancy driving where he uh, does a jump right in front of it. And then uh, even though he's still harping on the repenting thing, Ross says that, all right, I'm sorry, you skinless, cranky Halloween reject, (laughs) which is pretty awesome. Finally, Hulk comes up and he uh, he actually Hulk catches the chain, which I got to say, there wasn't much for 
anybody but Ghost Rider, but this was actually the one like kind of badass moment that anybody other than Ghost Rider had on the episode. And I'm glad it was the Hulk that got it. Yeah. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. And then Ghost Rider though, then zaps him through the chain with some kind of like fiery electrical blast. He then ends up riding on top of the train. Which uh, and another awesome thing goes around her like shoots flames out of his fingers, catches the entire train on fire, and is actually controlling the tanks on it, shooting down uh, them because they're in their little Quinjet. Now this is completely preposterous, but I have to accept it because it was badass. It, it was amazing. Like uh, he turns into like a ghost train where it's on fire. In fact, he drives right right off the track with hellfire things shooting everywhere. I'm telling you, I, I don't I don't being repetitive, but. Ghost Rider is like off the charts on this cartoon. Nobody's even in his ballpark. And then not only that, he drives it right off the train where A-Bomb makes a comment about it, and then Hulk actually says, well, I actually have to admit, that's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> and it uh, looks like they're driving the train right into a mountain. But a big portal opens up, which they drive right into with their little Quinjet where they smash the wings right off and follow them right into the thing. Where they essentially end up in hell, trapped. I like this part. They don't really say it's hell, but you know, you you know what it's implied. What I liked about this part was basically the strain of the Buckaroo Banzai, where he drives the car into the mountain. <laughs> this is the the exact same thing happens. <laughs> I still uh, dispute that New Jersey is a member of the Hong Kong Cavaliers, but he's in the band. <laughs> he dances. There's never a scene in that movie. Of New Jersey playing with the Hong Kong Cavaliers. He's in the walk at the end. He's a Hong <laughs> Kong Cavalier. I will defend this to my dying day. And I'm also still waiting for Buckaroo Banzai versus the World Crime League. When is that coming out? It's coming. Any day now. <laughs> but they're trapped basically in hell, uh, even though they won't come out and say it. And there's this amazing like roller coaster track made out of bones. And they take the real no good reason. <laughs> yeah, I, I was a little confused on why that. What what was the practical use of that actually being there? Some Ghost Rider made it to run his train on, even though he hadn't needed it previously. They used their uh, what's left of their Quinjet to kind of turn it into a makeshift roller coaster. Where there's <laughs> some line that She Hulk says about Scar had better not puke on her again. They see that they're pursuing Ghost Rider on it with his train, which uh. He still has repented, and Ross says, fine, you happy? I'm the one who clogged Hulk's toilet. I'm sorry. She <laughs> uh, has the great follow-up line. Uh, he blamed me for that. For now, he won't be redeemed. The beast is going to consume them. And you see the tracks lead to this giant, like, starfish lava monster type thing with tentacles and a big mouth that's like flame shooting out of it yes this bit was completely baffling to me (laughs) isn't this what ghost rider does uh not remotely (laughs) and uh finally uh you know ghost rider talks about how all the things he's done and what he's done to uh hulk himself and banner gives a speech about how he forgave ross a long time ago for uh for turning him into the hulk it's in the past and Ross even sincerely apologizes about that at this point. That's not good enough for Ghost Rider. <laughs> even though he's sincere, it's too late. Which Red Hulk says, <laughs> what do you want, a box of chocolates? And it revealed that Ross kind of comes to the realization that he's forgiven everyone, but he has not forgiven himself for all the pain and suffering he's caused. Which he finally does. But then, they're all going to be eaten by this monster, including Ghost Rider says, he doesn't control the beast. Our fates are sealed. <laughs> Seemed a very ill-conceived plan on Ghost Rider's part. Yes, it was. But uh, they climb up and escape and blow a hole through the thing, and they all manage to escape together from the bowels of hell. And then they have a meeting where Hulk, he says the Hulk, I think his spirit is pure and his soul is noble. And it does a great scene where he just causes a big earthquake where there's a big crack in the ground and his motorcycle comes out of it and he drives off into the desert. 
More evil to avenge, he says. And She-Hulk says, you could have at least called us a flaming taxi. (laughs) Huh? (laughs) Then, here comes Abomination as uniform being chased by vultures. (laughs) Dying vultures, somehow. And... Uh, Scar made some dumb, infantile, idiotic joke. Sounded like a buffoon, which I, I don't. I think I blocked that out of my mind. What he even I said at that point. It was either going to be him or a bomb. So, <laughs> and then we get a weird, like directly out of the old Masters of the Universe cartoon, where <laughs> Hulk's doing the confessional, gives a speech about how when you do something wrong, you got to apologize and make it better, and then you'll promise to do better next time. <laughs> And like a and little public, the battle. Yeah, that's basically what it was. It was like a GI Joe or He Man. And then the, off camera, you hear Ross saying, uh, "I clogged your toilet again, and I forgive myself." And that's how we ended Hulk Agents of Smash, Spirit of Vengeance, which was appropriate because I felt like flushing this episode down the toilet. <laughs> Whose idea was it to review Hulk Agents of Smash again? Uh, well, I only know one guy who's a huge Hulk fan. He's running this show. All right. <laughs> Before we get into a visual review, like, I'm sorry. I'm not even the world's biggest Ghost Rider fan, but I almost felt he was. they did a disservice for him for appearing on this stupid cartoon. Well, I'm impressed that they find a way to squeeze him into something since he never shows up anywhere. Although, I will say, kind of a problem. They never give an origin for him at all. Nope, he just shows shows up. Shows up, kicks everyone's ass, saves the day at least. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of the long and short of it. I don't know. Maybe I'm being too uh maybe I'm too too harsh because I didn't particularly care for the last time I watched I reviewed Hulk Agents of Smash and I know there's been big debates, especially on social media, about legacy characters and mantle swaps, but I'm just really burnt out on every character having seven to 12 different versions of him. I mean, there's like 11 human green lanterns. There's like six hulks. There's like, don't even get me started on the Batman family. There's multiple flashes. Spider-Man at this point has, because the spider verse has like 27 versions. Like I just, ah, nobody's unique anymore. Nope. Like, at this point, Iron Man just has Ironheart, Tony Stark, and War Machine, as far as I know. And that's like a breath of fresh air that there's only three versions. And Rescue. Okay. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but at least, at the very least, Tony Stark, yeah, you, had the ex- <laughs> you had the excuse of it's a superhero based on built technology. So, logically, they could create more. But, like, I mean, like, Captain America was supposed to be the last of the super soldiers because... He was killed before they could replicate the formula. At this point, how many different super soldiers in Captain America have they had? Mutants were a random mutation. <laughs> Which all have a brother, son, sister, mother, second cousin that also is a mutant. Hal Jordan's supposed to be the, the Green Lantern of Sector 2814, yet that sector has like seven different Green Lanterns for some reason. Got a whole police station of Green Lanterns. I mean, at least you had the excuse of the Golden Age characters and they got the big reboot in the 60s, but is everybody that just devoid of ideas that they just keep going back? (laughs) And if they're doing that, they're doing some alternate timeline version (laughs) of the character, you know, where they they traveled backward in time and changed history, and now there's some new version of Hawkman or Doctor Strange, (laughs) and then they find a way to incorporate them into continuity. It's just too much. But getting back to the cartoon, we're going to go to our spectrometer and give our official review of Hulk, Agents of Smash, Spirit of Vengeance. Anyone new to the show, spectrometers, where we rank what we just saw. Zero spectros being absolute crap. Four spectros being absolute perfection. Franny, what are you going to give Hulk, Agents of Smash, Spirits of Ven- Spirit? Of vengeance. I'm going to base this on two things. My expectations are really low. Because all I knew about this show was the one episode you did about it before, which made it sound terrible. So I was totally <laughs> surprised that it wasn't that bad. And also, Ghost Rider is far and away the best part of it and totally steals the show. So I'm going to go ahead and give it two and a half. 
but at least one, if not one and a half of that is Ghost Rider. Yeah, I'm going two and a half too. I mean, as much as I kind of dumped on it, it's not horribly written or animated or anything. It's not inspired anyway. It's yeah, it's just very lazy, and I just not a fan of multiple Hulks. I, I probably would have ranked it lower, but Ghost Rider is like so good on this. Like he's the best part of it, head and shoulders above everything else on it. He was just great. Like I'd like to see a Ghost Rider cartoon or more. Maybe not. Maybe that wouldn't work in his ongoing series, but more of this version of Ghost Rider, I would like to see. Yes. But what did you think out of there? You know, uh, you might have liked it better than Francis and myself. You might have liked it less. Let me know. Go to my social media and give me your opinion. You can follow me on Twitter at Max Spectro. Follow me while you're there, and you can talk about anything you want while you're there as well. And if you had a difference of opinion, I want to hear from you. Half the point of having a guest every week is so I can get a different opinion other than just myself every week. You can also go to my Facebook page, Matt Spectroth in the Multiverse. Give me a like and a follow while you're there, and give me your two cents of what you thought of Ghost Rider in general, plus the episode Hulk Agents of Smash, Spirit of Vengeance. Franny, I want to thank you for uh, for the first time ever uh, in 2022 gracing our show. You're quite welcome. I know you uh, have some uh, transactions going on online. Anything you want to plug while you're here? Well, as always, check out my eBay store, Static Vintage. You got good stuff you don't need, but you want. And uh, that's about all I got. And the guy's not kidding. Last time I went to his eBay his eBay store, he had over 400 items for sale. About 550. Oh, my God. Do you just have, do you have like that much more that you're selling? Or are you just in a slump right now where not a lot is selling? I've got so much stuff to list, I can't keep up with it. There's always something new and interesting coming. So if you are looking for collectibles, anything from comics, records, trinkets, stickers, static vintage is uh, something you definitely want to check out. Uh, I want to thank you for joining us. I hope you'll come back again. I will. You'll definitely be here for the New Year's episode because that's when we get the band back together. We'll do uh, the old crew gets back together and we'll review something for our New Year's episode. Hopefully Uh, we can find the loose cannon by then. (laughs) and uh, i want to thank everyone for joining us i want to appreciate everybody who ever listens to the show uh you can go to like i say go to my social media and uh give me your uh, two cents topics guests anything you want to talk about your opinion of this episode or any others like to hear it as well if you could smash the subscribe button i appreciate it if you give me a five-star review i'd also appreciate that as well share my podcast i uh, appreciate all that as well So again, thank you for joining us, and we're going to see you next time for another exciting episode of Matt Spectro Through the Multiverse. Thanks for joining us, everyone.